good? I'm good. I'm sleepy, but for a good reason, because I got incredible sleep last night. That, and my body don't want it to stop. It just makes me think of Grey's Anatomy when Christina and Mer- I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. Christina and Meredith go to the um, what is the, it's like dermatology dermatologist office, and a girl comes in and they're like massaging each other's hands, and Christina's like, "I just heard a girl say she's dragging a day because she got too much sleep." <laughs> That's me. And they only got like they get like an hour of sleep or something, That's, and then they have to like do surgery. I feel that. That's me. I am the female dermatologist who got too much sleep last night. I mean, they they are technically not doing the surgery. It's it's fake, even though their stories and their love is real to me. Oh, are you talking about the actors now? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, Sandra. Oh, wasn't actually operating on hearts. Although something tells me she trust could like her. maybe do it. I I would trust her to do that. She has an Emmy. I wouldn't trust her to do mine, but I would trust her in general. We're gonna avoid you needing heart surgery, though. Oh we're yeah. Gonna, we're gonna be healthier. We're gonna eat some wheat. I'm gonna start eating more fruits and less like humans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, on this episode of Jeffrey Dahmer in America. <laughs> no, yeah. I told Colton I'm starting a health journey on Monday. Yes. Which is a few days from now. And uh, the only journey that I ever take is to a Starbucks. Uh, and that is when my headache is so severe that it requires me to do it like a alien is driving my brain. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, this is a podcast. Oh, hi. Welcome to Best <laughs> Oh, there's other people listening. It's not just us two. <laughs> I mean, certainly hope there's other people listening to this. I mean, at least there our moms. are at least three. My mom, my sister. And my mom. Three. Three. At least. <laughs> no one else. No one else would listen. But to this is Best Exes. That's Colton Mooney over there. And that's Gabe Thibodeau. And we're best friends and ex-boyfriends, and we're going to talk about breakups today, because that's what this podcast is. And I'm going to source TMZ, because <laughs> <laughs> in our advertisement, we said we weren't going to do that. No, mm-hmm. I'm kidding. I would... We we were discussing, like, when we're researching things, should we source Wikipedia? No. And we both well, said, but it's there is no person responsible like it's not like saying i don't feel any pressure for citing or whatever wikipedia because like you said there's no author attached also i don't trust wikipedia like wikipedia is a good place to start but my wikipedia says i'm dead so (laughs) we shouldn't trust that uh yeah so it's a good place to start but like yeah i don't think we need though everybody probably assumed i died in april because i just disappeared you did disappear a little bit and now you just reappeared with some with blonde hair insta posts of you with blonde hair so i i did my miley cyrus journey Mm. You have I, to give like a circa, like what year Miley Cyrus are we talking about? That could mean so many things. No, no, no. So when she, when Liam broke up with her, she disappeared, came back with short blonde hair and was swinging on that wrecking ball. And that was all post breakup for her? Yeah, it was oh, because that album she wrote after her breakup because she was so fucked up, which I think the best music comes from heartbreak. Monetize that. Honestly. So I... Did I unknowingly did the same exact thing where I disappeared for a while. I came back with like a vengeance with blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And now I'm talking about breakups, which is essentially what she did just in music form. Yeah, we're just talking. But I really would just like to make a blanket statement that I very much appreciate when singers sing and don't talk. Oh, God. So leave the talking to us. We'll talk about the relationships. You bl- just sing. Where did blanket statement come from? Um, that doesn't make sense. When uh, Betsy Ross was weaving um, the American flag, she also Shit. had a side blanket business, and um, 
she was behind in her payments, and so they brought a statement. I'm going to cut you off there. <laughs> I could have gone on a long time. I, I, I know, and I <laughs> had a feeling that in like about an hour, I'm going to have to pee, so I want to get through this. I'm just saying, whenever Taylor Swift talks in a song, a little part of me shrivels and dies like a horcrux that Voldemort forgot about. Like, I can't, I can't handle it. I can't like handle the diary or um, like the goblet. I think it's more like when Harry goes into the nether space and sees the curled up Voldemort. Well, like, technically he's at King's Cross, which is his subconscious. Yeah, it's his subconscious. He's but, not dead. But him looking at that shriveled Voldemort, that's me when Taylor Swift talks things. Oh, well, yeah. We actually... Someone um, tell her. As we were driving here, we listened to the very end. I, I am constantly on a loop listening to all the Harry Potter books. Oh, yes. I just have them on audibles. They're not paying us. And no I listened to it in a row. Mm. And I've just kind of become this expert in Harry Potter. So the point now where... Historian, you could say. I... Uh, yeah, a, a hair historian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was bad. Well, that I'm worked. definitely not funny. Uh, where I started to adapt the books into like pure teleplay just for fun because I like think every aspect of the books should be put on screen. Yeah. And ev- like all the dialogue, movie. everything is great. So I started doing that. But then after doing the first chapter, which took me like roughly six hours, <laughs> a lot of copying and pasting. And where were you copying from? I just found, I mean, don't listen to this JK Rowling. I'm so sorry, but I found like a note. Pad. Oh, like someone like, had posted someone like transcribed online. it into a note Interesting. on the internet Maybe from an ebook. That seems like. But I also okay. had to reference the actual book. Like I had to find it to make sure that it was accurate. Sometimes because I'm like there would be misspellings in it, and I'm like pretty sure that this wasn't misspelled in the book. Like I think <laughs> I think there was a Fingers spell checker crossed. at Scholastic or whatever <clears throat> pe- Penguin. I don't know who. I don't know everything about the books physically, but I know Just about story. their story. Sorry, I keep clearing okay. my throat because there's an actual live frog in it, apparently. <gasps> oh. We're here in the desert celebrating our one-year anniversary of our breakup. Yeah. And Congratulations. Uh, yeah, we made congratulations, it a year. Cheers. Yeah. Um, and I think just a, like a desert frog, which those don't exist, crawled into my throat because my voice sounds quite sultry. And I couldn't be happier. <laughs> okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, it's been a very interesting year. It a has. lot has happened. A lot, like, it's been a very transformational time. Mm. Lots of medications have been d- given out mm. and taken by us. And for all different kinds of reasons. For all different, I, it's a plethora for you. Myriad, it's really you just my say. brain for me. <laughs> it's constantly trying to kill me. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so a year ago, you know, we were on a family vacation. Yep. Gabe's family. It was a lovely vacation. In Hawaii. And. We, we, f- we came into the vacation, a, a unified front, and we left not so much. And I think that's all you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all the details we're going to share. I think that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Everything since then. It's like in those movies where like a ringing sound goes off and like a heartbeat happens and the yeah. person's stumbling around. Like a grenade went off. Yeah, exactly. The grenade was our relationship. That was us coming off the plane. Yeah. Oh, my God. Except... We certainly did fly first class on the way back, and you best believe I ordered a good amount of alcohol, yeah. seeing that Mr. Thibodeau's credit card was assumed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did. I put a lot of things on the credit card that trip. Oh, yeah. All worth it. I don't think we would have made it without that. <laughs> without my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by Chase. <laughs> <laughs> you just start reading my credit card numbers. Chase is bringing you <laughs> 0% APR for all broken, broken up relationships or whatever. I don't know. Um, 
But yeah, so we're here. And clearly, we're on the other end side of it. And I we're sure hope so. Doing this podcast. Otherwise, this would be awkward. I mean, this might just be in our Wikipedia page where it's called like the beginning of their ultimate destruction. Like that's the, t- <laughs> like the instead tab. of early career, it says early downfall. early downfall. <laughs> and it's like best exes is the first thing. And then, I mean, clearly your death date will be before mine. Oh, absolutely. So You're gonna outlive me it'll just far. be, I mean, I'm never going to die. I could believe that. I have put my fractured soul into lots of different things. <laughs> You can't really say that now that you have blonde hair because you look a little bit like a villain. So I look like Draco Malfoy and Grindelwald from like the Johnny Depp one <laughs> yeah. from Fantastic Beasts. Uh, yeah, you definitely look like you could be someone who lives forever now that you have that <laughs> blonde hair slash brown beard. My favorite thing about kind of doing anything that I do is I know that there will be people that have like something negative to say about it. But even if you're saying something bad about me, you're still talking about me. Are you talking about people talking bad about your hair color? I think that there's people that want to see me not do well in life. That's rough. Well, you don't get this far in your life without making some enemies. <laughs> and particularly when it comes to hair, I have very luscious. Hair enemies. Very mm. like, it's very hydrated. It's very soft. So people with dry hair that I have stumbled across <laughs> in my life don't like who don't use conditioner can sense my conditioner using powers and want me to fail in life. It's just like some girl from your old like church group days with like frizzy. <laughs> Rebecca, you know who the fuck you sitting are. Sitting in her bed looking at your Instagram like huffing. We didn't have Instagram back in 2006, but yeah. I feel she that. She could have found That was when now. it was just a photo editing software. And one of my favorite stories about Instagram only being a photo editing software and then becoming a social media platform was the pastor's wife of, oh, of our church took lingerie photos no. to give to her husband oh. and edited them on Instagram, didn't know it was a social media thing that just happened and posted the photos of her in underwear, oh, the pastor's wife. How juicy. Was this a scandal? Was this like a big scandal? I think it was, t- I mean, it was nipped pretty oh, well. Oh, those photos came down I mean, quick. it wasn't like showing anything. It was just the pastor's wife in her underwear. Still, that's It made me shocking. really proud of the pastor. Because <laughs> I was like, I didn't see them, but I'm like, nice. Like, they they have like I mean, teenage kids. They're still... Active. Good for the pastor's wife for spicing it up. Just maybe, like, she should have asked one of her kids about how Instagram worked before yeah. that all went down. Well, Instagram shouldn't have done that. They should have been like, by the way, there should be, like, three-step authentication Oh, like, this is about post. to go live. Yeah. Are you sure? And then you hit yes. Are you super sure this is going to be seen by everybody? And then I you feel like it. that should be posted on everything that goes on the internet. Because people, no. I think a lot of people don't realize that once it's on the internet, it is there forever and ever. I know. Ugh. I have so many pictures. <laughs> I really want to see them. If anybody happens to have. You need to start a website called like Colton Mooney's Lost Photos. Circa, well, yeah, it's like circa 2010. Is that anything. when all of the action was happening photo wise? I just realized my mom's listening to this. <laughs> hey, hey, we didn't say anything specific. about. We could be talking about photos of you with puppies. We didn't yeah. get into specifics. So me and the you puppies, and the puppy photos. Me and the puppies. Those pictures went around. You were proud of the puppies. <laughs> I love the puppies. The puppies was a, like a a good weight of like one fifty. Oh, okay. They were, 
And that's the, the smallest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the puppies have the ever smallest been. smallest the puppies have ever been. And I, I want to know what it looks like without all of, like, the mental illness and weight on me. Oh, So I'm just curious if there's, like, a twinkle in my eye that has since gone out. If there are any dog breeders out there who maybe has a picture of Colton with these puppies, mm. I'm continuing the metaphor. I'm doubling down. Yeah. Uh, hit us up at bestxspod at gmail.com and uh, Colton would love to see what And also, have. if you need any tips on keeping your hair hydrated, you can send me direct messages on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, He's and I can let you know my hair routine. To let you know. Yeah. Not my skin routine. God. Can I ask you a question? How many... So, like, all these uh, celebrity ladies, like, do these campaigns where they do advertisements for, like, L'Oreal Paris and all this stuff. Garnier. Like, do you think Jen Garner is actually using Garnier Fructis? I think because it sounds like her name. <laughs> Jennifer Garnier Fructis. She says, Jennifer Garnier Fructis. J'adore. So everyone Dior. knows I do a very like good Like, what if Charlize Theron hates the smell of J'adore? How could you? Natalie Portman. That Natalie Portman Which one. Which one is she in? From La- it was a J'adore, Adore, so she. Oh, another Dior. You know, I, lo- I freaking love those Can I guess abs. some of the things that happened in the Yes. Ad? There's some sort of, like, fluttering fabric in a breeze. Uh, yeah, of that course. That's easy. Through. You have to get more She's specific. walking probably outdoors and she looks over her shoulder with the hair blowing the beach yes she also has some sort of sweater on that like partially covers her hands so she like holds your fingers over the end of the sweater no oh shoot she's in a flowy dress the whole oh, time Oh, perfect okay I so see. she has a, a like a love affair and she leaves oh the there's man. a storyline yeah she like leaves All the right, man Natalie. and runs away in a dress and then gets to the end of a pier and says <laughs> j'adore adore Oh. I might be wrong. But do you think any of these people actually use those products? They're yeah. just like, give me that money. Because they get it for free, I bet. Oh, free. That's a part of their thing. I mean, I'd use Dior perfume if Even I Even if I free. had $10 million, I'm using the free face scrub I get. 100%. I would never be endorsing a face scrub. I've been, like, without success, using the same skincare <laughs> routine for 10 years. Oh. And I'm too afraid to try something different. The, seeing like the possibility that my skin could get worse is more scary to me than continuing the same thing I've been doing for 10 years. So you just don't with want like it. 20% results. You don't want to rock the boat. So you'd rather stick to the low results than chance even worse results. It's also the longest relationship I've ever had <laughs> is with St. Ives apricot scrub. They're not paying us. And I feel like I want to endorse them kind of like Adam Levine does proactive. Oh. But I have to have good skin first. But you first. don't have the results. I think, well, the bottle says to you two to three times a week. I use it twice a day, bitch. Oh, you use that every day. <laughs> That's the only way my skin feels clean. But then it's abrasive. It's all those little pebbly so things. So is my personality. Oh, okay. But. Did I ever tell you about that event I went to? It was like an Emmys party event for my day job where we were like trying to sell the product for my day job. And it was one of those free Emmys events where the celebrities just come and like collect their free stuff from brands. Did I tell you about this? No. It was like pretty quickly after I moved to LA and that's Los Angeles. The, that's Los Angeles, thank you. <laughs> and the company was trying to like get endorsements or seeing if like celebrity word of mouth could help the company grow or the product grow. Yeah. And so 
I told them not to do it, but they paid money to be included in this event. It was basically just like in a hotel in Hollywood in like some big conference room lobby. You got a table and you could like set up your product and you had to have free product to give to all the guests, celebrities who came. And the celebrities would just like walk in like around coming up to the tables being like, so what are you about? And you'd tell them and give them free stuff and they'd be like, thanks so much. And so you would pay to go to give them free stuff just in the hopes that maybe they would Mm -hmm. like show it in an Instagram or tell their friends about it. Who can you name one celebrity? I can tell you the celebrities that were supposed to attend (gasps) that my bosses were sure they were going to attend. And I were like, I was like, girls, I'm sorry, Julia Roberts isn't coming into this (gasps) higher region. Julia was slotted. Julia Roberts was an RSVP. Yes. And I was like, honey, she isn't setting, setting foot in this like grand ballroom that people do business conferences in. I would. Uh, Julia Roberts was supposed to be there. I think Charlize Theron was supposed to be there. Um, I think Oprah Oprah was supposed to be there. Oprah. Like, Oprah isn't setting foot in this bitch. Like, it's not Oprah would send somebody. So instead, we got a lot of child actors who Ooh, were like on new TV no. shows or whatever. And then we got <laughs> we got Constance Zimmer, who was lovely. I like Constance Zimmer a lot. I do like her. She seems nice. Um, I believe Mickey Rourke was there, but because he, he has does a very not seem nice, he has a very like youngish wife who wanted all the free things, so he was not having it. And his wife was just, ooh, maybe it wasn't Mickey Rourke. Maybe Did you someone just else out thoughts. Mickey Rourke with, it his, might be uh, someone else with, with a younger woman? It might have been someone else with thoughts of His wife surgery. is listening. She's in her 60s. And she's like, who was he with? <laughs> but that's all to say like, oh, and there were weird companies there. They were like furniture companies. So you had people carrying these like big beanbag, beanbag type chairs over their shoulder, like back to their cars out of this event. It was weird. But I don't think those celebrities were using half the free stuff they got there because a lot of it was bad. It was bad stuff. Yeah. That's the whole story. I just thought it was hilarious that my bosses thought like Julia Roberts was gonna come what up in here. What if she did? I think it would. I don't. I knew she wasn't going to because it would have been a problem. Like people would have swarmed her. Yeah. Even like the the C level celebrities there would have swarmed her. The C level celebrities. <laughs> Those child actors would have ganged up in numbers and taken her down. Uh, yeah, that was like one of like my. Like the diabetes did in Steel Magnolias. Oh. Uh, I still cannot watch that movie without crying. Are you, ready? are you ready asleep. for my impersonation? Oh, no, I don't think I am. What are you going to do? Whoa, I don't, I'm uncomfortable. Stop talking about me like I'm not here. Oh, <laughs> that was better than I thought. That was good. I know. <laughs> I, was, I was worried. <laughs> Give me my Oscar, please. I like when Sally Field says, no, juice is better. Juice is better. And she's pouring and it in her mouth. Juice. Listen, the I. Movie fucked me up. I watched I it too young. always cry or fall asleep because when I, <laughs> when I worked on the road for a nonprofit, we drove for like two days. I didn't sleep at all. And then we got to a friend's house and they put that on. I fell asleep mm-hmm. in front of everyone snored the loud like i was just in the middle of a group of friends snoring through this movie as they all tried to watch it yeah i never lived it down that's kind of like how i imagine you like in our relationship it was like me doing my thing you asleep snoring wow (laughs) wow that's rough I love oh, you. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm so kidding. And with that, should we start our yeah. <laughs> first breakup story? I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to, mm. this is, you know, second episode. episode we two. got a little bit of experience after our first one. So maybe I'm going to be able to read with comprehension a bit better in you, this I, one. You've been really self-conscious about the first episode when I thought you did a great job. I have struggled reading. It's not for any real reason. Well, I just don't like doing it. Well, no. You were just talking about how you didn't want it to sound like you were reading. Oh. 
But there's no way to avoid it. But yeah, like. But I also like can public speak perfectly fine, but not when I'm reading from something. Like I can do stand up. If I'm just like going from my head, but well, as soon as different. I'm reading something, it feels like I am it's reading like a bad speech on an Emmy night where like the host is somebody that you didn't really think should host, mm. but because they didn't want people of color to host, oh, they hired wow. this person. They got political. And they're like reading it. it. Like, it's just real strange. Did you say they didn't want people of color to host? Oh, no. The people of color didn't want to do it because what was because the reason? Because they're racist. No, 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 no. Because there was no like nominations for people of color or something Oh, like yeah. That? Because the nominations were incredibly whitewashed. So all the people of color were like, hey, this is a racist uh, industry and there's lots of like internalized But like we've, all, we've always problematic. done that. Yeah, but now people are like actually doing me something too. about it. <laughs> not me. <clears throat> if you have not watched the last season of Veep. You will not oh understand hashtag not me. It's one of the greatest comedy television shows of all time. That last season was really solid. It too. was so hardcore. I loved every single second. I of actually it. think it's kind of fitting that we just randomly got political about award shows because my breakup that I'm about to tell gets a little political. I love politics. I mean, not political in terms of like, oh. like actual people in office, but it gets political in terms of entertainment. Okay. Okay, so I am going to do the story of the breakup of Ellen DeGeneres and Anne Heche. <gasps> really? Yes, indeed. And I chose, so I chose this for a few reasons. One, I love Ellen very much. Um, and I'm a huge fan. She's this huge, like, LGBTQ icon. She, like, was part of my coming out story when I came out to my mom. Like, she came up as this representative of, like... <laughs> like Alan. Queer, kind of, but more like <laughs> queer people who are doing good in the world, and but have still, like, shouldered a lot of... Wait, you're gay. ...animosity for it. Surprise. Um, I also kind of wanted to learn more about her, so it was a little selfish that I just wanted to do some research more about Ellen, even though most of what I found I already knew. I have to be honest, um, I have also start begun researching her oh but i want ellen to like me so i didn't want to say anything about her well that was negative <laughs> i mean <laughs> she could kill me first of all Whoops. we know that she's listening to this so that's a very real <laughs> possibility <laughs> um but no i i was just interested in her career and i think i've done a pretty good job being objective about it but um, but I will say, so I got most of this information I got from actually like big sources because she's quite famous. So lots of people have written about her. Yeah. When you type in Ellen, all the things. It's, so, it's always just first DeGeneres, then Paige, then Pompeo. <laughs> yes. That's the hierarchy. 100%. So I got lots of stuff from biography.com, the LA Times, MSN.com. And I also watched, uh, David Letterman has the show on Netflix that I kind of like. Huh. Um, and so I watched his latest interview with her, which was really interesting. Um, and we're going to learn about Anne Heche as well, who is also very interesting in some interesting ways. We'll get into it. So, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take it back, do some real brief early stuff, because a lot of people know about Ellen. Let's but get she born, was Ellen. born in Louisiana in the oh, late 50s. Didn't know that. 1958. Yeah, she's from the South. Um, and she originally wanted to be a vet, but she didn't think she was book smart enough, so she ended up pursuing stand-up. I feel that. Um... And she basically worked a ton of different jobs before going into stand-up. She sold vacuum cleaners, which I just find to be very endearing. She painted houses. She was a secretary. She did all kinds of nice. stuff. Then one of her first stand-up performances, if not the, she remembers it as the first stand-up performance she did at this event. Um, she did a bit called the hamburger bit mm -hmm. where she never actually told a joke. So she brought like a Burger King hamburger yeah. up on stage. 
Um, and then kept saying like, oh, I want to talk to you guys about something. And then right as she's about to like finish the she, sentence, she would yeah, take a bite and I've be like, it. oh, this is so great. Yeah. So that was her first bit. It like wasn't even a joke. It was just like a bit, which is kind of very Ellen to be more storytelling. Like, yeah. like you're laughing it's at teasing. the way she's doing something. Well, yeah, it's teasing you. And that and she is a t- prankster. A te- yeah. Teaser, I just love that that show. was her first bit. Yeah. So then from there, she started like doing the local L.A. comedy circuit and getting some attention. And she got noticed by Jay Leno like back when he was more of a stand-up than he was, like, crazy famous TV guy. Um, and he told a scout from The Tonight Show to, like, check her out. And so they came and saw one of her gigs and then invited her to come on The Tonight Show. So then her first, like, really big break that I think a lot of people know about is that she went on The Tonight Show and she did her phone call to God bit, which is another famous yes. one. It's just glorious. If, I mean, if you have God's a woman. Yes. If you haven't seen it, you just, like, Google it's amazing. phone call to God. It's amazing. And so she – what I love about it is that she, before she did the bit and actually, like, went on stage at The Tonight Show, she decided, like, I'm going to be the first woman Johnny Carson calls over to the couch. She just, like, secreted the whole thing and, cool. like, put it out in the universe. And she did. She did her, her little set. He called her over to the couch. It was, like, this big, huge thing. And then from there, her – her career really took off. So she did a bunch more stand-up. She started acting. She started writing books. And then, oh, and she was named the funniest person in America by Showtime, which, yeah, that's random that Showtime names that, but that happened. So blah, 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 fast forward. She lands this sitcom. It's called These Friends of Mine, but she is so good on it and is like getting so famous that season two, they changed the name of the show to Ellen. They just like took a sitcom that she was kind of part of as an ensemble and just made it her show because she was like God, so awesome at the badass. time. What a badass. And I remember the show. Like my parents watched oh, the I show. Remember. It was a huge hit. I was pretty young, but I remember it being on. I also remember everything that came after. I remember um, her like big blonde locks. Yeah, it was like a it was like a bouffant Oof, of blonde hair. It was sweet. It was like waves of waves. The fashion. It's just like such a quintessential. Oh, like, lots of like pale colored button ups. Uh huh. Like yeah. flowy kind of bowler linen tees. pants. Yeah, and like yeah. mom jeans. Yeah. It was like a very iconic look. <laughs> That's Ellen. <laughs> That's Ellen. Um, so then everyone also knows that Ellen decided to come out. Mm -hmm. And so first she comes out on the Oprah Winfrey show, like in an interview, she comes out to Oprah as a lesbian and it was like this hugely watched interview. It was a big deal. And then that same month she comes out, her character on her show comes out also to Oprah. So Oprah guest stars on the show as a therapist. Ellen comes out to her on the show. Fun fact, the woman that Ellen was hung up on was played by Laura Dern. On the show. <laughs> nice. Um, and so she comes out on the show. Uh, I'd be hung up on Laura Dern, too. I know. Laura Dern is glorious. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people know this whole story, so I'm kind of going quickly. But this was, like, a really important time for the culture because yeah. no one had done this. No one had done this at all. In that public eye. No, absolutely. Like, and everyone ever. told her not to. Like, all yeah. her reps, everyone at the studio, everyone at the show told her, like, this is a bad idea. Well, Don't do also, it. Also, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure that was Bush era. Am I right? I'm. It might be Clinton. I don't know. Okay. Well, either way, the world as it is was pretty conservative. Oh, one hundred. When it came to gay people, uh, it was just like a we know about it, but we don't say anything. Yeah, my uncle, he's not married, but he's like forty five, and yeah, he has it was like it was kind of like the don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah, of like the, the un of the nation. That's what we grew up in. Yeah, was there was no public eye for it. Except in negative ways. <laughs> like, yeah. it was just all entirely negative things. And she got all this backlash basically saying, like, why do it on the show? Like, come out yourself, great, live yeah. your life, but why do it on the show? 
And mm-hmm. she thought it was important. Like, she wanted to tell a queer story. She was really proud of the writing. She thought it was important to, like, show a character struggling with their sexual identity on yeah. t- Like, she wanted to tell that story. That was kind of the point. And she wasn't trying to be revolutionary. Like, she had no plan to become some queer icon or anything like that. She just wanted to tell, like, an honest queer story that mirrored her own and thought it was important, which it was. We all can agree now. I think, so, I think that there's something to be said about doing something because you believe it's right what's right for you yeah and like standing up for something you believe in for yourself but that helps other people like being not trying to be an icon most of the time those people become an icon yeah like like, for real like malala was not trying to be an icon (laughs) yeah it's like there's kind of a purity and just trying to do what you think is right and then because of it you like have to shoulder all this responsibility that's why i have so much fucking respect for ellen yeah i do too and i mean I also think, like you said, it was a totally different culture, and the thing that bothers me most about it is that there was, like, a lot of this pseudo-supportive bullshit happening, which I think it makes me so upset because we still see it today so, so much, where it's all these seemingly woke people saying, like, we support you, we love you, do your thing, but just don't shove it down our throats. That whole, like, be gay, but don't put it in my face, and it makes me so mad. Well, no, the thing that makes me mad is you can be gay, but just make sure you're appropriate, or make sure that it doesn't offend anyone. And it's like... Okay, but nobody's telling people to be straight, but don't offend anybody. Like, it's well, just so it's strange. Well, it's also like, it's people who think they're being tolerant, but are actually being homophobic. Like, they yeah. actually think they're these woke, supportive <laughs> people, but what they're saying is straight up homophobia. Yeah. Like, it's them saying, do what you want, just don't remind you, me that you exist in the world. Which is crazy. It's the same, re- like, argument that people use against pride, where they're like, be proud that you're gay, but don't do it in the street. It's like, listen, Sheila... Pride exists as a direct result of years of discrimination and bigotry against the LGBT. Like, we would not be dancing in the streets if y'all had been cool with us from the beginning. Like, this is a direct result from all this discrimination and prejudice. So you need to sit down and stop telling us, like, be quiet about it because we're being loud because of all the shit that you've thrown at us. Well, yeah. And straight white woman Sheila, nobody cares about your opinion. (laughs) My mom has a friend named Sheila who's lovely. Are you talking about about her? No. This is a wider metaphorical Sheila. It's just the first name that came to I mind. feel like Sheila wouldn't make a cake for a gay couple. <laughs> My mom's friend Sheila absolutely would, but uh, okay. we're getting uh, off the too. So, but, okay. So all this happened, and basically the sad fact is that she, like her career takes. Yeah. So right after this happens on the show, advertisers start like pulling advertising from the time slot that Ellen's on the air. And ABC, which is the network that's running the show at the time, basically just puts their hands up. So they don't cancel the show right away, but they stop promoting it completely. Jesus. So they just go like, well, we're not promoting it. We're not shoving it down your throats. It's like, whatever. That's it just happens thing. to be on. Yeah, it's like they're trying <laughs> you to can claim. choose. Yeah, it's like, not us, not our bad. Um, and so then, but like shortly after that, the show gets canceled. Um And the other thing that's really interesting is that a lot of other gay people or queer people in Hollywood at the time were kind of watching this whole thing happen as kind of like a case study. So Ellen's now wife, Portia de Rossi, has talked a lot about how she watched Ellen come out publicly 
to see like if it would be okay for her to do. So a lot of queer people were like, okay, she did it. What's everyone going to do? And then everyone clobbered her. And so a lot of people like went back into the closet harder, were scared to come out themselves. It was like this really hard thing for the community because it was like, well, shit, if I try to come out in Hollywood, I'm going to lose my career. So I might, I better not tell anyone. So it was kind of this almost like negative effect at first, but not because of the fault of Ellen. This was the 90s. Let me see. This was... um, 1997. Okay. And there was, I should say, there was this big supportive audience who, like, applauded Ellen doing this and were really supportive of it. And Ellen did become this queer icon that she wasn't expecting to become. That show, the coming out episode, won an Emmy. Like, the Emmys um, particularly had Ellen's back because we'll talk about later that they, one of the first gigs she has after her career kind of goes away is they ask her to host the Emmys. <laughs> so they like have a recognition for what she did. But That's even cool. though it won this Emmy and v- like the numbers were crazy, it got all these views because it was so controversial. People were well, watching yeah, it. Just to see it. But they yeah. still canceled the show. They did. <laughs> so from that point, she basically didn't work again for like three to five years, it sounds like. Um, and it was weird because like I said, she's this new queer icon, but no one would hire her. Mm. So this is... Basically, really quick recap of early Ellen DeGeneres. Now we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about Anne Heche. She has a different uh, story that is a little bit grim at points, but I think it's kind of important to talk about. Um, So Anne Heche was born in Ohio. She had kind of a big family. She was one of five kids, and they moved around a lot. Her parents struggled to, like, financially to support the family. So they moved around a lot, including some time in Amish country, which is Tight. random. Like, churn that butter and get it. Um, but basically, early life was really rough. So eventually, at one point, her mom, dad, and the five kids moved to New Jersey, and they move into a bedroom at a friend's place. So it's, like, all seven of them in one bedroom. And... That's when Anne started acting because she needed money to try to support the family. So in Jersey, she started doing dinner theater to make some money. And she was making $100 a week and was the highest earner for her family at age 12. So at age 12, she's doing dinner theater, bringing the check home to her parents to try and support the family, Does which is crazy. Does it say what crazy. she did? What theater theater it was? Um, it, it didn't say to. the theater. I think she did gigs kind of around town. I just town like to imagine like. it was like a dinner theater version of Annie and she had Probably. a red wig because it was a hard not life for her. I mean, <laughs> but she pro- it sounds like she just kind of hustled. She's like, I'm pulling from my real experiences on this one. It gets worse though, Colton. It's a hu- Oh. And I'm only going to share this because I think it's relevant to things that happen later in life, but it is a little grim. So when she's 13, her dad dies of AIDS. He was a closeted homosexual. Jesus. And he also was sexually abusive to Anne. So, like, what a complicated thing. Like, your dad is in the closet, but also, like, sexually devious and hurtful toward you. It's a lot of demons. It's really rough. So he dies. After he dies, her mom becomes an evangelical Christian preacher specifically preaching about like the dangers of homosexuality um, and like how to overcome homosexuality. So that's like the, the atmosphere in which she's growing up. Another thing that's really sad is that of her four siblings, three die. Her brother is killed in a car crash not long after her dad dies. Then another one of her sisters dies of a heart problem. And then years later, after she actually meets Ellen, her sister dies of cancer. So she only has one surviving sister. So Anne has been through some stuff. She's had some, li- and again, I'm only bringing this up because I think that kind of stuff informs how you like relate to other people. And I also think it's interesting that she grew up in this specific 
atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, but so, okay. So that's her backstory of her family life. Um, then in high school, and this is actually the cool part. <laughs> I want to give her a hug. Sorry. Like, I, I just know. like had this feeling of like, I want to give Annie a hug. So this is the cool part though, because this stuff never happens and it happened to her. So when she was in high school, a talent scout saw her in a school play. Oh gosh. And asked her to audition for a show, in, a TV show in New York, a daytime soap. Her mom said, no, like you have to wait until you're done with school. So she waits. Two years later, the same scout gets her the audition again. Her mom says no again because she's like conservative and crazy. And then says, fuck you. I'm going to go do this. She's an adult, right? She's an adult at that point. She graduates school. Good. So she goes to New York. She auditions. And she gets what I consider to be the dream soap opera role. So she gets hired on a show called Another World. Mm -hmm. And she plays twin sisters. One of them being the hero, one of them being the villain. So it's like quintessential soap opera. You get to be two You're playing characters. two people. One of them's the like off the rails one. The other one's the yes. the one everyone loves. Like on a soap. This is her like first. It's so gig. over the top. It's and so she good. scouted out of high school. So like that. It's like that I'm never happens. Yeah. And good for you, Anne. It's really cool. It was. It's no longer a hard night life for you. Huh? <laughs> she's doing okay. You got so adopted then, from there, and she's on the show for a long time. Like. Yeah, it's success. they they work you till you. They, oh yeah, they throw you and make glue out of you. And the other thing that happens, which really happens, is she transitions into making movies. Like most daytime actors have a really hard time. Well, yeah. today it's a little different, eh. but back then, no. if you're a daytime actor, you're it's hard for you to move anywhere else. Well, they but just think you can only be seen in that horrible, completely frame rate resolution. <laughs> so like if I if I see you at sixty frames lighting. per seconds, it'll be too <laughs> scary. So, but she does. She like starts acting in movies. Her first movie is called An Ambush of Ghosts, and then she does a Hate little. Hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so then she does this little uncredited role on a Steve Martin movie, which then she dates him for a while. Fun fact, just a Ooh. little bit. Um, and then things really take off her. So there's this period where she's in four huge movies all in a row. Yes. She's in a movie with Al Pacino and Johnny Depp called Danny Brasco. Brasco? Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm sorry. I'm probably butchering that. Let's say Danny Brasco. Then she was in I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is this yes. huge blockbuster hit. Then she was in a movie called Wag the Dog with Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro, which, like, she played this, like, political journalist or something and very, like, Sorkin-y feeling. And then she was in the movie Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones, which is horrible. It's one of my favorite bad movies, Volcano. I've seen it multiple times. The only image I've retained over the years is the raccoon getting in the water and coming back up dead because the water (gasps) was so hot. Poor little raccoon. And they're like, don't get in the water because this raccoon like died in the water. Please fact check me somebody. Oh, I think... I'm oh, not gonna watch that I, damn this, movie. This might be Dante's Peak, but there's also one where like the grandma jumps in the like acid water to pull her grandkids to shore. I think that's Dante's Ew, Peak. That's she like probably volcano. She like sacrifices herself for her grandkids. I think it's actually Dante's Peak. But anyway, volcano is a huge movie. So she does like four huge hits in a row, which brings us back to Ellen because in 1997, this happens very quickly. The same week that Ellen came, comes out, she and Anne meet at a Vanity Fair party because Anne is promoting Volcano. Oh, cool. And they, like, instantly hit it off. Instant chemistry. Um, And basically, okay, I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain this. Well, first, let's say what Anne says about meeting Ellen for the first time, because it's kind of precious. She says, when I met Ellen, she was beaming light. There was nothing that could have shown brighter than who she was in the center of that room. I'll never forget. She was wearing an electric blue suit. It was stunning. And she had blonde, short hair and literally beaming light. It was like the universe had given her all the energy that they possibly, possibly could. Mm. Which was like, love at first sight. 
Damn, but, somebody say something like that about me. I'll uh, marry you on the spot. It's legal now. It's very cute, but it's also a little rough because things are hard for them for the start. Because remember, like, well, Ellen just came out publicly and is well, her getting... Her career was, like, taken out from under her. career is starting to implode. Yeah. Um, Anne is at the peak of her career. She's about to, like, take off as, like, a new A-list actor, right? So here's basically what happens. They meet at this press event. That same week is the premiere of Volcano. Anne wants to bring Ellen. Everyone says, no, no, please don't do that. We might fire you from this upcoming movie if you do that. We don't want people to take pictures of you as a lesbian on this red carpet. Uh, Anne takes Ellen anyway. And allegedly, during the screening, during the third act of the movie, they are pulled from the screening into a limo and told that they can't be photographed together in the press junket following the premiere. And the following week, Ellen's whole career implodes. Her her show is canceled, and Anne is hired is fired from a movie by 20th Century Fox. So, like, do we know what movie it is? No, I I don't know for certain, but it sounds like it's this movie that actually did go through because of Harrison Ford. So, uh, it, it's a movie called Six Days Seven Nights, which is another terrible movie that I love. Yes, um, and apparently he called her. Uh, Harrison Ford called Anne Hage personally and. This is Anne Hache quoting him, but he apparently said, frankly, my dear, I don't give a fuck who you're fucking. We have a movie to make. Oh, that feels very Harrison Ford. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's been around Carrie for a long time at this point. He has this opinion. So, uh, so she does move forward and she makes that movie. Well, no, Carrie Fisher's about to come into play. No, I'm just saying she is in any good story, Miss Fisher. Mrs. She's Fisher. about to come up <laughs> right right now. because So she does make this movie, Six Days of a Nights, with Harrison Ford. It does not do well. No. <laughs> it does not do well. Which you could maybe blame on all the controversy, but also, like, it's not the greatest movie. I personally love it. Fo- 20th Century Fox it's is not, not paying movie. us to say this. So after this movie flops, Anne Heche's manager isn't fucking with her anymore, so she fires him and replaces him with Brian Lord, who had recently left Carrie Fisher for a man. Yes. So Brian Lord is like, I get it, honey. Being gay, it's rough. I'll oh, take you on as a client. Carrie. <laughs> um, Carrie's like, seriously? Oh, and then the director of Six Days, Seven Nights makes these shady statements, basically saying, like, I didn't know anything about her sexuality before. I don't even think she's gay. She's dated men. I think she's just confused. Which, like, fuck you for trying to decide someone else's sexuality for them, first of all. Mm. But basically, when Ellen's show, like, goes away and her career takes a hit, so does Anne's. Like, suddenly, she was this, like, rising star, and suddenly people won't touch her. So even though this is all happening like right at the start of their relationship, they seem to be like in love and happy. They're inseparable. Ellen says even later after the breakup that like she was picturing spending her whole life with her, felt safe with her, like amidst all this controversy, like this was her person. It was like your safe space. And then in 2000, so they're together a few years, they announced the breakup publicly and the statement says, unfortunately, we've decided to end our relationship. Mm-hmm. It's an amicable parting, and we greatly value the three and a half years we've spent together. However, Ellen says later that she was heartbroken. So up until that point, Ellen had, like, never been dumped. She had always oh. been the one to walk away. She, I mean, she'd experienced tragedy. So one of her early girlfriends was actually killed in a car crash. But she said that basically, like, there was almost weird closure around that because she had no control over ending. Whereas here, Anne was the one who decided to end things and she didn't know why. So it was rough. For, like uh, it was a big yeah. one for Ellen. Well, it's hard being broken up with anyway. Yeah. No like matter no matter what. So then I'm going to try to wrap this up because I've been talking a little while, but basically I have to mention, cause this is another famous thing pretty soon after their separation. Like it kind of sounds like within a week or so. And Heche has a bit of a moment. 
she <laughs> shows she? up in the driveway of some random people's house in rural Fresno, Ooh. wearing a bra and shorts and sandals, talking about how she's God and is going to take everyone to heaven in her spaceship. She, like, is talking nonsensically, but she's, like, not aggressive or anything. They, like, give her a blanket and stuff, and she she's okay. She's not a danger. She's just, like, in, in a moment. I feel and that. And she asks them, eventually she asks them to call an ambulance. So the huh. ambulance comes to get her. Um, and basically what had happened is she'd driven out to Fresno, parked, Fresno, parked her car on the highway, and then, like, walked a mile just to, like, find this house and start talking to these people. Um so she's taken to a nearby hospital, but she's released after two hours because they determined that she's under the influence of something, probably yeah. ecstasy. And um, what I love about this story, I think she's a bit of a hero for this, because a few days later, she hops on her plane to go shoot a movie with Denzel Washington. So she has her little breakup moment. She does some drugs. She talks about being God. And then... She gets her shit together and goes to work with Denzel. <laughs> I essentially did the same thing, except Denzel, it's you. Oh, and I'm working with you. It's true. I'm Denzel. <laughs> Hi, this is Denzel Washington. <laughs> I thought you were about to like do a really... We should insert Denzel's voice there oh, and I, be like, that was I'm me. not even going to try doing a Denzel Washington impersonation. I wouldn't dare. I'm so I'm about to ask you the, the penultimate question. But first, just like uh, some information about things that have happened since the breakup. We know what happened with Ellen. She's doing pretty well. When she hosted the Emmys, the creator of Finding Nemo heard her voice and <laughs> decided that she had to play Dory. Yeah. And at the time, she didn't have any other gigs. So she did Dory for scale. She made like 75 grand over the course of three years. Oh, my gosh. Um, but we know like there have been sequels and she's totally fine now. I think she, now. from Finding Dory, she made enough money. Enough. And, and Finding Nemo also totally boosted her career. So it was – that happened at about the time her talk show happened. And then her daytime talk show was really what turned things around. And now she's done yeah. movies and books and huge ad endorsements. and. She has one of the voices that's like Oprah voice that you can just listen to it. Yeah. And the thing that we mentioned earlier, that whole hamburger bit. So the creator of Finding Nemo couldn't figure out how to make Dory relatable or interesting because she was always forgetting things and he thought it would be annoying. And then he heard Ellen, whose whole thing is this kind of meandering, humorous, like earnest. And he was like, that's Dory. So that helped her turn her career. Jeez. I can't imagine anyone else. Anne's also doing well. Like, Anne's been working Anne was in the Psycho remake. She was not too long after all this, I I watched that recently because I... I don't know how good it was. It it wasn't good. Great. But I liked her. But she's done... So she's been doing a lot more film work. She's done a ton of TV. And then she also worked on Broadway and was nominated for a Tony. So Anne, like, got her stuff back together. Um, So now is the question, Colton. Did Anne and Ellen stay friends? I don't think so. Why do you think no? I think because Ellen was heartbroken. It's really hard mm. to be friends with somebody after you've experienced that kind of heartbreak. Yeah, you're correct. Like we would know. <laughs> you're very correct. They did not stay friendly. Yeah. Um, I'm usually right. And here's one of the reasons why, which I don't want to drag Anne, but it's a little rough. So later, years later, uh, Anne made this weird statement basically saying that Ellen's the reason why Portia de Rossi's career never went any further. That like... When you're with Ellen, you can't shine. Ellen's the most important thing. And Portia was on this hit show. And then since she got together with Ellen, she hasn't really acted much. And that's all Ellen's fault. So she like, she dropped all this stuff criticizing Ellen. And then allegedly Ellen banned her from ever coming on the Ellen show, which I doubt there's an actual ban. It's probably just Ellen being like, nah, I don't want my ex to come on my show. Thanks. Um, Well, if somebody has like 
said nasty things about you and like things like that about other people. I think it's reasonable. Well, yeah, like even to say something about her now wife negatively, which season two Arrested Development Portia de Rosses. Oh. Well, comedy acting kind of at its finest i mean she's incredible on that if show. she wanted to keep acting she could well she's and exquisite and she has since she was on scandal for she was on scandal like and she herself decided to leave scandal because yeah. she didn't like the schedule and now she's doing this whole like art fine art framing but i just business. It, when you don't have to do something to survive i think it makes it a little different because i like don't think plus she's pretty busy hiding in cabinets trying to scare ellen which is one of my favorite (laughs) stories of theirs or no she was hiding in the closet and then ellen was hiding in a cabinet and they like waited like an hour to try and scare you but i think it's perfectly reasonable that ellen wouldn't want her on the show i don't think ann would want to go on the show they just kind of went their separate ways and if they ever did god please let me be in that little it's just like it sounds like they really loved each other but they went through like the hardest time of both of their lives in a way together and coming out of that they just didn't stay friends Mm. so that's the story well i have a question oh yeah so you're on ellen the very first time that you are on ellen she's interviewing you what's the thing that comes out and scares you what's the thing you're most scared of oh like that actually jumps out and yeah that tries to scare you it can't um, be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scheduled on a different day. I'm not there. <laughs> uh, uh, it would be that short story editor rejected my story. No, um, it would be, I don't know. I don't have like a big phobia thing. Just something then funny that like a bee because you're allergic to I think to it would be some sort of like fuzzy suit because I worked at, um, I won't say the name, but a very big amusement park centered around ocean life. And <laughs> I had some experience with uh, costume characters okay, and yeah. I am not a fan. So yeah. it would be a costume so, of some sort. What about you? Who would scare you? Uh, a boat captain. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a phobia of boats now since I can't fit on any. Oh, no. <laughs> Yikes, we're going to blaze past that. And I talked for longer than I probably should. So How long now, did you talk for? I talked for like closer to 30 instead of 20 minutes. Okay, that's fine. Mine's pretty, mine are fast and fun. <laughs> and now we're going to switch gears up for something fast, fast and, and fun. fun. Fast, loose, and fun with Colton okay. Mooney. Welcome to So the that place. was Ellen and Anne Hayesh. Who were we learning about today? So comically Colton? yesterday, we were starting a conversation. I was playing pool and you were researching your stories. Yes. And we br- you brought up a person and said, I don't think that like, gosh, that would be really hard to do. Do you remember who this is? I remember saying that, but I don't remember who. And you had already researched it. I've already researched a lot about it. Oh my gosh. Who was I talking about? Oh, just tell me. I can't remember. I was talking about the one and only Taylor Swift. <gasps> you wait. So, okay. Are you doing a single relationship or are you doing Taylor Swift? I'm doing Taylor oh, Swift. My goodness. The, the biography. Oh dear. The datography. Okay, I'm. Let me get. Are me, you seated, ready to go? Okay, let me. Everybody, make sure you gotta I'm comfy. get comfy. Make sure that your drive is forty-five minutes longer. Okay, actually, I am gonna get literally comfy. I'm gonna move this. Yeah, move your laptop. We have kind of the funniest setup to date right now, but it works. Gotta make I think it, it work. works pretty beautifully, actually. Cape is wearing jean cargo shorts. I just thought I needed to point that out. What else would I wear in the desert? Okay, I am ready. So I have a couple different sources. So there's an InStyle, The Telegraph, People, Vanity Fair, Bustle, and Cosmopolitan. Okay. It takes that many. (laughs) So I originally had a 
early life situation with Taylor Swift. But I decided to just center around relationships because of the amount of them. But they're not sure. all 15 minutes long. Sure. Some are really short. Some are longer. It's usually the, the it's the key points. Ballpark. How many are we talking? Like ten. Oh, is what we're going okay. through. Which no no tea no shade date who yeah. you want to date girl okay why do you keep looking at the time I'm not looking at the time I'm worried that we're you're a little too close to the mic I'll back up yeah is I think this that's better I think that's better Thank everybody's you. like fuck shut up Colton <laughs> well this is no, good because I, I have to be able to read I think you're perfect now okay but I will quickly tell you from what I have learned anyways Taylor Swift was born. <laughs> Her dad's a stockbroker. Her mom worked Uh-oh. at the place that they met. And she grew up on a Christmas tree farm. <laughs> no, she did not. She sure did. <gasps> she has a brother oh. who acts, Austin. And oh, sorry, Austin. at the age of nine, she started getting involved in like theater and singing. And so she started doing these productions. At age 14 is when she decided that she wanted to like, she listened to like a lot of Dolly Parton. She watched a Faith Hill documentary. <laughs> And from that point on, she's like, I want to be a musician. Amazing. She was taught how to play guitar by a, a electrician oh, or like a mechanic. Good. Okay. Slash. Yeah. So this guy teaches her how to play, thus dooming us all <laughs> forever. No, no, no. So she gets signed on to a record company who's, oh my God, big, big records, big city records. Nope. That's not it. Oh. Don't fact check me. I took all this out because it was too long. I'm just getting through this. She was oh. the first person to be signed it was and, a country label, right? Yeah, it was a country. Well, no, it wasn't really. But oh. the the person Borchetta, who was her the guy who founded it, who was her agent and everything, mm-hmm. said there is a demographic that isn't being focused on, which is teenage girls who like country music. Mm. And Taylor Swift had all of these songs on her first album. She personally wrote three of them and co-wrote the other nine. So she is a songwriter. Yeah. Like, she always has whatever been. people say about Taylor Swift, if she sings off key, anything, she is a good entertainer. She writes good music and it's catchy as fuck. Like, yeah. sorry, no apologies. She is, she has what, like $300 million dollars because she's she, an incredibly talented songwriter. She is talented. Yeah. And that's why I'm talking about her. So she rises to fame. She toured with. Like, uh, she was opening for different bands, but mm-hmm. then she finally, like, got her own thing. Get it. When she released her first album, it was on the top charts for 152 weeks. Wow. I yeah. didn't realize that. Oh, it's it, her Taylor, it's called Taylor Swift, her first album. So anyways, so 2008, it brings us to her first public relationship with another celebrity. Do you remember who it is? 2008, like early, early days? This is when she first, like, became, like, oh my God, it's Taylor Swift. That's a name. Is it a Jonas brother? It is. Oh. You're very good. Joe Jonas. So Taylor dated Joan, Joan Jonas. Uh, he's the lead frontman of DNCE now, but he oh, was yeah. with the Jonas Brothers for years. And it was their her first public breakup and possibly the most brutal being that Joe decided to do it in a 27-second phone call. The only, I'm going to say this. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with Joe Jonas. I love the Jonas Brothers. I mean, they just came back together. That yeah. new song, Sucker, is And like, amazing. we know somebody who's like knows them and i i really do like the jonas brothers the 27 second phone call i think i think a text is worse which i've done that uh so yeah you can hate me weren't they like practically teenagers at the time they were teenagers they were both teens they were 18 yeah yeah all right um so i'm also going to tell you what songs were written 
from the relationships. <gasps> oh God! Okay. I'm, okay. Well, you probably you aren't as familiar with early, early Taylor Swift as I am. I grew titles. up in Georgia, <laughs> so we listened to Taylor Swift. It was on the radio. Like I want to hear song titles. So Shania badly. Twain, Brad Paisley. All of this was on the radio nonstop. Like even if it was a pop station, they were playing this. Um, so last kiss and forever and always and also holy ground oh. are said to have been written about her or about him sorry um so right after that happened she went on ellen <gasps> and during an interview she was talking about the album coming out it was her new the next album that was going to be coming out she was talking about it promoting it and this is what she said um when he when ellen asked about the breakup she said you know what it's like, when I find that person that is right for me, he'll be wonderful. And when I look at that person, I'm not even going to be able to remember the boy who broke up with me over the phone in 27 seconds when I was 18. Burn. Okay. <laughs> and then she said, I looked at the call log. It was 27 seconds. <laughs> That's got to be a record. A short-lived romance. And less than a month later, she apologized oh, for doing nice. this and she like said publicly that was immature of me basically and joe responded saying like nice it's okay whatever oh, um classy. oh yeah so then when she was back on uh ellen like years later they were just talking about it or maybe it was a year later she's like probably uh anything that you regret and she's like probably when i like put joe jonas on blast on your show <laughs> um she's all this she's like that was too much yeah that was too much i was 18 we laugh about it now i was just a mouthy teenager oh so it sounds like they're like on fairly good terms but so are they still friends i think i don't think they necessarily spend a lot of time together but i think they're probably friendly they are. They Good. are friends. And this is what was said. It's something that I was probably feeling pretty bad about when I was younger, Joe said. At the end of the day, I moved on. I'm sure Taylor's moved on. It feels nice. We're all friends. It's all good. We were so young. And then Joe Jonas has recently married Sophie Turner. Huge fan. <gasps> yes. yes. And then, yeah. So anyways, so that's his That's story. good. Yeah. I would because I feel like they're still kind of in the same circles. So, like, yeah, you would want to be well, friends. Well, they, they come up later. Yeah. So, okay. So, moved on from that. Next relationship. Okay. We, we just watched a movie recently with her in it. Who Do you, in it? Taylor Swift was in this movie. Taylor Lautner? Yes. Oh. August of 2009. How could we forget the Taylor Taylor romance? Oh, dear. They met when they co-starred as high school sweethearts in the romantic comedy Valentine's Day. It's said that Back to December is about Taylor Lautner, where she sings your tan skin, your sweet smile. On top of an apology for a rough night in December, it is about Lautner and the night that she dumped him. So recently in a Facebook Live interview with Scream Queens, Leah Michelle, Taylor Lautner, and John Stamos, uh, Leah got him to confirm, basically, that it was about him. And... It, this is what she said. She's like, so should we talk about it? And he says, no, I don't know why you guys want to talk about it. Didn't she write a song about you? Michelle says. Oh, juicy. Good. I, I'm into Michelle's prodding. And he says, that's what she does. She writes songs. <gasps> oh, that's rude. So Michelle guessed it. The one about a sweater and a hat, which is completely incorrect. But she's <laughs> on the sweet trail of truth. Sweaters and hats are what you wear in the cold. When it's cold, it's winter. Winter starts in December. December, back to December. <laughs> that's generous so he did confirm he said that's the one so are they still friends no that sounds They're like a no definitely not still friends yeah. it sounds like taylor lautner is not a fan it sounds like he is a little salty so on to the next relationship okay can you guess 
I like this guessing game. Was she ever with Bieber? No. I don't know. John Mayer. Oh, this, I remember, this one bummed me out. So possibly Taylor's most remembered boyfriend due to her very sad but very poetic breakup song, Dear John. (laughs) I wonder who that's about. The lyrics, I see it all now that you're gone, suggest that Mayer initiated the breakup, possibly due to the couple's 15-year age gap. He was 34, she was 19. Yeah, I do not appreciate that. Um... There are things that were little nuances of the relationship, little hints, Taylor later revealed. The song Dear John is sort of like the last email you would ever send to somebody you used to be in a relationship with. Usually people write this venting last email to someone, and then they say everything that they want to say to that person, and then they don't send it. But I guess by putting it on my album, I hit send. She sure did. It made me feel terrible because I didn't deserve it, Mayer told Rolling Stones in 2012. I'm pretty good at taking accountability now, and I never did anything to deserve that. It was a really lousy thing for her to do. Later, Mayer responded musically with his song Paper Dolls on his 2003 album Paradise Valley. Don't you think I was too young to be messed with? The girl in the dress cried the whole way home. I should have known, he sings. Are they still friends? I hope not. Definitely not. So he's a little bit of a hypocrite to do the thing that he said he didn't deserve. But first of all, I'm Can sorry. Can we talk I'm about sorry. that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're 34, you said? And you're dating a 19-year-old? Anything she does, it like... But can uh, we talk what, about what? how if a guy does it, it's appropriate, but when a girl Ugh. does it, it's not? He just It he, makes me want to scream. Look, I remember when John Mayer had his first album, like Room for Squares or whatever, and I was all into it. And since then, he's become kind of a creeper. Well, you know that they did the song together. That they did the the rest of my heart. Da, da, wait. Oh, he is that how they met? They well, no, yeah, they met. They did a song together. Oh, I did. Half know. of my heart. That's what's called. Half of my heart has. Uh, a, da, 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 da. Yeah. Anyways, they did that song, but then they later broke up. It was Missy. Yeah. So they friends. did not remain friends. And that's the right call. On to number four, Mister Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I forgot about that. Gabe keeps making these like faces of intense realization that he remembers these things, but he tried to forget. Do you know the ages of that situation? The ages? Yeah, like how old Jake was when and how old she was. He was uh, twenty-nine. Okay, and now she's probably in her. He's ten years older than her. It's the same. This is a year later. She's she's twenty. He's thirty. Okay. In this right. Okay. So one of Taylor's most public relationships, the couple couple were regularly seen in New York City and Los Angeles. Rumor has it the couple's ten year age gap just wasn't working, so Jake called it quits. The last time, which I love that song, with uh, with lyrics, put my name at the top of your list, is said to be about this romance. All Too Well, which documents the infamous scarf situation, which you don't know anything about. I don't know anything It's also about Jalen Hill. Let me tell you about yeah, what's it. What's the scarf situation? This song references a number of details specific to the relationships, including a car trip to... Upstate New York and a Thanksgiving dinner at Maggie Gyllenhaal's house. In the first verse, Swift makes this fascinating claim, left my scarf there at your sister's house and you've still got it in your drawer even now. (gasps) To the dramatic end, now you mail back my things and I walk home alone, but you keep my old scarf from that very first week because it reminds you of an innocence and it smells like me. Could that be any more specific? But also, okay, immediately, I mean, that's good for you, Taylor. That's well written. But also, do you think like... Maggie just like laundered it, and it, like the Jack Jake doesn't even know where the scarf is. Oh, he knows because he has been seen several times since wearing it, and it uh, can and it like purposely to confuse people. Oh, uh, 
I kind of love that. <laughs> I kind of love that. Okay. So the next couple are pretty fast. Wait, so they didn't stay friends? Did they remain friends? No. Absolutely not. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, it, to the point where it makes no sense why he keeps wearing the scarf, but I think he just does it because it's to like funny people? press. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Of like, oh, he's wearing that scarf again. All right. Number five, Adam Young of Owl oh. City. Oh, <gasps> the, the beep-bop guy? Just wait. Yeah. Okay. So Adam, Owl City's Adam Young... Never officially dated Taylor, so this is why I'm saying this. With things never escalating past some emails and one-to-face meetings, Taylor was so excited to meet Adam Young that she later wrote Enchanted, which is my favorite Taylor Swift song. This I'm familiar with. About him. She sings, All I Can Say Is It Was Enchanting to Meet You. Young uh, later released a cover version of Taylor's song on Valentine's Day when he released it. Yeah, so it's cute. Did they remain friends? Absolutely, they're friends. That's cute. I love that song. Fun fact, that is going to be the song that I do my first dance to Cute. when I get married. That's very adorable. And I like that it has a like a wholesome story attached to it. It it's my fa- it gives me goosebumps and full body chills when I listen to it. It's such a good song. Number six, Eddie Redmayne. Mm, Gabe's just Gabe's no. entire face just collapsed. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> it was rumored that Taylor and Eddie started dating when she auditioned for the part of Eponine in Les Mis, the movie. Okay. They were seen together a lot in New York while the auditions, auditions were taking place. Unfortunately, Eddie's captivating green eyes and freckles didn't make enough of an impact to make a tribute <laughs> uh, song. So it, looks like, so it looks like they casually dated, but not enough for her to write a song about. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Z- did they remain friends? Yeah. Sure. Like, I think. It, no sources, but I think it was friendly. She no didn't get blood. the part. <laughs> um, What's her face got the part? Um, You know. Her. You know, from Shameless. Mean Girls and Mamma Mia. Nope. We're oh, talking Eponine. About oh. Eponine. It's the love interest, sweetheart. <sighs> um, It's the girl from Mean Girls. Why am I... Um, Amanda Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried. Except Eponine isn't... F- oh, That's you were talking... Who? This whole time you're saying Les Mis, I was picturing Phantom of the Opera <gasps> and <gasps> was very confused by everything. Okay, I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Sorry okay. for that singing. I actually can sing one. Okay. Zac Efron. Yes. Okay. Once Disney's high school musical teenage son, Zach, has been making our hearts skip, or he has been making our hearts skip for years prior to his run in with Taylor, the two reportedly started dating for a few months while promoting their movie, The Lorax. This was in 2012. <laughs> However, the two have both denied the relationship. Oh. The pair even went on or went as far as to write a song together, rejecting the dating rumors through a parody of Foster the People's Pumped Up Kicks, which they did on The Ellen DeGeneres Show. So they didn't date. Well, we can still dream. Oh, okay. (laughs) So then they're friends. They're friends. Are they still friends? Yes. Okay. Okay, so now we have our first Kennedy. No, it's the only Kennedy. We have Connor Kennedy. Okay, I did not realize Robert F. Kennedy's grandson. Okay. All right. So in 2012, Taylor dated Connor Kennedy during the summer. She did receive some criticism of the age difference because she was 22 and he was 18. Okay. So finally it's flipped the other way okay. and the 35-year-old dating the 19-year-old was okay. Okay. It makes That's me want to scream. Bullshit. I just okay. think that no 18-year-old should be able to date anybody ever. And also, but that's like a four-year <laughs> age. Okay, that's absurd. Uh, Taylor even purchased a home near the Kennedy compound in, in Hyannisport, Massachusetts during the romance. It started to look like things between Taylor and Connor weren't going so well when his family accused the singer of crashing <gasps> something. Crashing oh. a chandelier. Crashing a wedding 
wedding of Connor's cousin Kyle in August. Her <laughs> reps denied it, but it appeared the damage had been done. So they <laughs> they claimed that she came to a wedding they didn't want her to come to. And that is so, so damaging that they had that to break is so up. so petty if that's true. Okay. So Begin Again, which is a song, has been linked to Connor, especially the lyrics, I think it's strange that you think I'm funny because you never did. Oh. Did they remain friends? No. It's a no. <laughs> okay, now we're into some juicier, bigger ones. Oh, gosh. Do you, can, fun fact, can you name any of the members of One Direction? Harry Styles is all I got. Okay. That's literally it. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Dane? Dwayne. Dane? Zane. Zane. Malik. Zane. Liam. That, yeah, I'm okay. out. Anyways, you the you she nailed Harry, right? You nailed the head right on the on the nail <laughs> <laughs> on that one. Harry Styles, yeah. November 2012. Rumors spread that the two were dating after Swift was spotted wearing a silver airplane necklace, which matched Styles. Okay. If you're Swift savvy, you also remember the reference from Out of the Woods, which is a song, not the play, <laughs> where she talks about two paper airplanes flying, flying, flying. All right. December 2012. The first time Harry and Taylor were photographed together was in the beginning of December. They were seen walking through Central Park together visiting the zoo. Cute. That's also that the alleged... Oh, then there's the alleged snowmobile accident. (laughs) What? Which she also referenced in Out of the Woods that resulted in 20 stitches and a trip to the hospital room. Since snowy activities happen in winter, I'm lumping that into December. (laughs) Since they didn't date too long into January. (laughs) Okay, so in January 2013, the pair broke up and if you want the exact date, it was January 7th, 2013. And Perez Hilton broke the story. (laughs) Glorious. Who wouldn't? According to Perez, Swift and Styles vacation in the British Virgin Islands together and split up soon after. I think taking a vacation and breaking up is dangerous. Don't go on vacation with your significant other. (laughs) This was apparently the reason. See, the reason this is not sourced, and this is the only time I will say something without a source, because I believe it was Perez Hilton, and I don't want to read his words because I have such a firm. Like, I, I, I just don't want to be associated. Yeah. Okay. They were fair. both really busy and never in one place for long. Harry's really upset about the split and is really sensitive about it. Loads of his friends told him to be careful and that it was never going to last. Ooh, and oh. he feels a little foolish now that it's fallen apart so quickly. Those kind of friends are shitty. I don't like those kind of friends. I mean, that's rough. I think your friends should be supportive. Also. But give like be your devil's advocate from time to time but don't say like this is a mistake well see here's the thing you're a famous pop star and you're dating another famous pop star like yeah try it just see you're well it's never gonna work yeah just try famous pop stars always marry randos who aren't celebrities and then it works out give taylor some songwriting inspiration Mm. just so months later styles told us weekly it would be hypocritical for me to say she couldn't write songs about me because everybody writes songs based on personal experience i can't say i'd have dated someone less famous to avoid it basically styles predicted swift would write a song about him and if so there would be no hard feelings in her interview with rolling stone swift admitted she hadn't dated anyone since styles i feel like everyone's watching my dating life and it's become a bit of a national pastime she says Mm. and i'm just not comfortable for writing that kind of entertainment anymore she was over it and it was just beginning oh no (laughs) she told the magazine (laughs) that it wasn't worth or she hasn't sworn off of love forever but she just doesn't have the energy for it right now plus she's perfectly happy living the single life she says this i have friends around me all the time i started painting more i've been working out a lot 
I've started to take, really take pride in being strong. I love the album I made. I love that I moved to New York. So in terms of being happy, I've never been close to that. Styles' prediction came true. There are not one, but supposedly three songs about Styles on 1989, okay. which is a fantastic album. It was a great album. Style, Out of the Woods, and Wonderland are said <gasps> to be about him. Out of the Woods. I don't know. Now that you know Out of the Woods is... Uh, while the oh, relationship, I didn't put it together. Oh, okay. sorry. There's plenty of clues in the lyrics that the tracks are about him. While the relationship may not have worked out, it provided plenty of inspirational songs. Did they remain friends? I kind of think maybe they did. They do. Cool. They are said to be very friendly. Yeah. Okay. So this is where it gets a little complicated. Oh. Why'd you have to go and make things so Oh, we're crossing pop stars. Calvin Harris and Tom Hiddleston. Why did you say them both together? Because, just wait. Oh. <sighs> Taylor and Harris shared a fairly long romance, and it was her well most well-documented. The couple would regularly appear on red carpets together and post images on Instagram like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. I remember this in February 2015. I remember this. Multiple reports claim that it was Calvin who wanted to break up. While neither have ever commented on it, Taylor's hit... We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together Yikes. was presumably about Calvin. However, most all or many Swift fans are confident it's about Gyllenhaal. Okay. So here we go. February 25th, 2015, they attend the Brit Awards. They don't turn up together or anything. They only met yesterday. <laughs> but rumor <laughs> has it that the pair really connected and flirted all night and were even apparently spotted holding hands as they left the VIP area. They were pictured together um, backstage with Mick Jagger. Anyways. <laughs> so okay. uh, uh, two months later, Calvin is introduced to Taylor's cats. <laughs> So like this is a cat. this is a big deal. Okay. So it's this is bigger than meeting the parents for Taylor. Oh, okay. I see. Wow. So okay. he was pictured on Instagram with Olivia Benson and Meredith Grey, the cats. Those are the, those are the cat names. She na- Oh, you I didn't know that. these? Uh, no. Okay, I'm naming my next cat. I'm so sorry, my I, my cat's not going to die, but ever. But I'm naming my next one a Grey's Anatomy character. I mean, I respect that largely. Yeah. So they post this together on Instagram. He's in her home with her cats. They're Instagram official. <laughs> May seventeenth, they are seen at the Billboard Awards exhibiting some PDA personal oh, displays of affection. What better way to declare the relationship everyone's speculating on than full public displays of affection <laughs> at the biggest music awards? ceremony there is they couldn't keep their hands off of each other it was love and shortly after they are seen walking through new york holding hands together and having dinner together um it it was very cute they're very they were very cute together they're both very attracted they would have had cute kids whatever this i just like this in june 10th june june 10th 2015 they ride together in an inflatable swan (laughs) And their love is sealed. This is the first time Calvin appears in Taylor's Instagram and the world goes mad for it. June 28th, they started double dating. Taylor and Calvin take a trip on the Thames on a boat with Gigi Hadid and Joe Jonas, who were a couple at that point. Okay. Plus Carly Cross, who is a fifth wheel. <laughs> they spend Fourth of July together and it's documented on Instagram. Tons of pictures of barbecuing. He's giving her a piggyback ride in one. And that picture in particular became the top 10 most liked Instagram picture of 2015. Oh, okay. Or it's number 10 of the most likes. 
After a relatively quiet summer in comparison to the start of the relationship, Taylor and Calvin began to be hounded by breakup rumors. Mm. At the time of October, these were shut down by sassy tweets, which have <laughs> thus been deleted. One of Taylor's publicists and the other of Calvin himself saying they were strong, and it's a relief to all of us that they were. So they have Christmas fun together. After another couple of months of relative silence, Calvin and Tyler, Ty, Taylor remind everyone they're still still very much a thing by building a snowman together. Oh, great. And living our Christmas dreams. Our solid- romantic Christmas dreams. Solidify your love with the we snowman. We feel real assured and envious at the same time. Uh, this is all sourced. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, they crash a party of a young fan like in California and they are kind of like the mom and dad of this kid and everybody loves this. This was in January of 2016. It was really cute. In February 16th, 2016, Calvin tweets or sorry, he says on Instagram and references her as his beautiful girlfriend, which is nice. We like, we love, we stand. Claim your person. Saying compliments. Yes, bitch. Say things that are nice. Okay. Okay. So... Taylor, uh, okay, this is where things start to get a little, a little, Uh-oh. there's some, some rough seas coming up. So paradise. Calvin comes up with, um, this is what you came for. Remember with Rihanna? Oh, I think yeah. this is what you came for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can actually sing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, she is wearing a denim jacket that has his album artwork on her back. She's like promoting it. She's all about it. Talking about the tracks that she likes. Um, all of this, he's of course benefiting from it. She sure. has an enormous following, more than him. He's gaining followers. He's gaining clout. Yeah, I mean, that's exposure everything. my bosses would have killed for at that Emmy event. Okay. <laughs> so then, in June second, two thousand sixteen, rumors come up that they've broken up. Kind of like, like the rumors that happened before that they squashed. But these rumors come up because. Taylor is at the, uh, sorry, at a Met Gala, mm-hmm. uh, and she is seen dancing with Tom Hiddleston. Oh. So they're dancing together. It's cute. Idris Elba is there. I just need to point <laughs> that out, because if he's in the story, I need to bring it paint up. that picture with Idris. Uh, yes. If you're listening, Idris. Uh, we would like to talk to you. Email us at best. No, Texas don't talk to Gabe. Just talk to me. Talk. He's I'm sorry. fine. I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry. Fuck. All right. And Sorry, then so that so Taylor and Tom are seen dancing together. Rumors start to come up that they've broken up. On June third, it is confirmed. That must have been the widest dancing anyone's ever seen. Lots of arms up in the air, <laughs> lots of like your hips are moving yeah, but not like jumpy movements. Kind of like you're having a seizure. But in a cute way that but with Tom announces your relationship coming to an end with Calvin Harris. Okay. Perfect. I think this is what you came for. <laughs> so Calvin makes a split official with a tweet saying, the only truth is that a relationship came to an end and what remains is a huge amount of love and respect. Taylor retweets it and we feel temporarily comforted. We stay on a retweet. <laughs> June 15th, 12 days later, Taylor's photographed kissing Tom Hiddleston. Okay. The world is literally stunned as the sun breaks a world exclusive photographs of Taylor cuddling up with Tom Hiddleston, kissing him and among a bunch of rocks near her house in Rhode Island. They just 12 days kissing? after the breakup. Just kissing by some rocks? Are they still friends, her and Calvin Harris? I think... Here's what I think. I think publicly they are expressing that they're amicable, but they probably don't talk. So no. 
June 15th, it gets nasty on social media. Not only did one fan spot that Calvin had unfollowed Taylor on Twitter and her brother, he also deleted every single picture of her off of his Instagram. I know that game. Most notably the tweet that was remaining about the love and respect they had oh, for each other. Now. He deleted it. Bye. All right. And in an interview, in an interesting twist, Taylor also deleted all of the pictures of her with him. Great. <laughs> it And Ju- July, a month later, it gets even nastier. Calvin finally loses it. Oh. After remaining, you know, passive about it for a long time except for like to the deleting the pictures he finally explodes and it is very it was very satisfying at the time here's what went down rumors began emerging that taylor swift actually wrote the lyrics to this is what you came for oh that this at up until this point everyone thought calvin had written this and it was so calvin confirms it on twitter saying she smashed it as usual being sarcastic harry or harris lashed uh, again, like he was getting mad because people like came back and said like, but she, but did she read it? Like, did she actually write it? Who is Nils Sjöberg? This is a big thing that came up is it said that you, your lyrics were written with you with Nils Sjöberg. No. And this is when it broke that Taylor Swift was using a pseudonym. Oh, so she wrote on this song. But, but didn't he didn't. Want... He wanted her. He she wanted him to get like credit. So she used. A so she did it anonymously so that people would just focus on him writing the song. Yes. So he goes on Twitter and says, oh. "I wrote the music, produced the song, arranged it, and cut the vocals, though." And uh, he explains that he like he got a track from her. She like did the vocals of like, this is what it should sound like, but it was released under the pseudonym. And initially she wanted to keep it secret. And that's hence the pseudonym. Swift's reps claim that Swift was entirely responsible for the track. <laughs> Lest there be any confusion. The rep claims in crystal, crystal clear terms, Taylor Swift wrote, this is what you came for under the pseudonym Neil Sjoberg. Okay. Harris, unwilling to let such a damning accusation go, continued by throwing shade at Swift's personal life. I figure if Great. you're happy in your new relationship, you should focus on it instead of <laughs> trying to tear your ex-boyfriend down for something to do. Harris said before filing one final bur- or flinging one final burn at his ex's way in reference to the previous artists, including Terry, T- Katy Perry, with whom Swift reportedly feuded. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that very much. I know you're off to and you need some someone new to try and bury like katie but i'm not the guy sorry i won't allow it is what he says that's some bad blood yeah so november 10th taylor released in reputation this is last year or two yeah last year or two years ago in november 2017 she released it and the she everyone's convinced that i did a bad thing the song is about calvin and it has the lyrics if he drops my name then i owe him nothing if a man talks shit, then I owe him nothing. If he spends my change, then he had it coming. What that is in reference to is Calvin would be earning money from her song, hence the if he spends my change. Yeah, spends my change. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so now That's she's trauma. dating Tom Hiddleston. Okay. It's official. She had her whole rant. They started, they like danced together at the Met Gala. Now, Then they were pictured doing this. Rock kissing. June 15th, Hiddle Swift is officially on. Hiddle Swift. The no. sun. Publishes the photos. Everyone loses their shit. In June 17th, I think Hiddleston, right? Yeah, he breaks his silence on the whole thing and starts talking about it in interviews. Like, yeah, I'm dating Taylor Swift. 
21st of June, he meets her parents in their home in Nashville. Okay. They've only been together for a few days. Oh, days? It's been like official for seven days. Wow. Um, And then they're seen together dancing at a Selena Gomez concert in Nashville. And like their friends are there. Everybody is standing them. All right, so June 24th, Kanye West releases the video for Famous. Oh, yes, I remember this. A song in which he raps about sleeping with Taylor Swift. Yep. The video features a waxwork of Taylor and a host of other celebrities. Uh, Tom was very supportive for her during, because, you know, she was shocked. Yes. That this allegedly. happened. So she, you know, he was there. Also, he's 35, she's 26 at this point, just nine years older. Math, math. Um <laughs> Okay, so Tom introduces Taylor to his mom when they're in England. They vacation in Rome. They go to Australia. Um, and then he's filming Thor. Mm-hmm. So he, she's actually on set with him, visits him. Cute. On June 29th, Calvin goes on Twitter and says that she is only dating him to become the next Bond girl. Why is Calvin still talking? Because this is because Tom was rumored to be the next ba- uh, James Bond. My homeboy is spiraling. I know. Uh on 4th of July of that year, Tom is wearing an AI Heart Taylor Swift t-shirt. Yes. And everybody, I, you've probably seen that picture because it was causing all sorts of buzz. Well, and then it was in one of her videos. Yeah. So everybody said that it was cute, and then he ended up being in one of her music videos. Oh, I did Because he was like the love interest in one of their music videos. I don't remember which one, girl. Sorry. <laughs> um... <laughs> So this is what they said to The Hollywood Reporter. He says, well, um, how to best put this? The notion is, look, the truth is that Taylor Swift and I are together and we're very happy. Thanks for asking. That's <laughs> the truth. It's not a publicity stunt. That was his response to it. I mean. And then a month after that, it's rumored that Tom is going to propose to Taylor. Oh. He's like, I don't know where these rumors come from. Probably Perez Hilton. <laughs> So the official uh, squad member, Martha Hunt, you know, she has a squad, Taylor. Uh, She spoke to people and said, I love that they're happy together and free together. It's amazing. I'm all about people being happy in love. So it's like real. A few days later, Kim Kardashian releases clips of the recorded phone call between Kanye and Taylor, which reveals she didn't agree to the famous lyrics. Yeah, and we knew should actually about it. we should probably back up for people who know nothing about this. So, yeah. it refreshed my memory. This is what I think went down, but I could be wrong. Oh, I have the facts. So, Kanye released that song that you mentioned, where he's like saying some vulgar I made things that about famous. Taylor. Yeah, and she responded by saying like, "How dare he?" Basically, well, she kind of like when he took the mic from her. At the MTV movies right. where she was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like shocking. She, what, how would, why would you do that? She made a statement. She yeah. like, she released, made some statement saying like people trying to get famous off yeah. my name, but allegedly Kanye had asked her permission. Yeah. He called her and Kim recorded it unbeknownst to Taylor. So this is that now he's, he's saying, am, are you cool with me saying this? And she says, yeah, that's hilarious. I totally, it's going to be an awesome song. I, that's not like not verbatim, right? but it's like but Kim releases, releases the, the video. Like and actually you Taylor is fake this. is what is yeah. said. Taylor's a liar. All of these things. So that happens. That's like, un, that just happened to be going on while she was dating Tom Hiddleston. It's, like a few days later, Taylor is now getting all this press because of this big scandal. Yeah, it was huge. And she um she and him are like interviewed together and he says he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. Wow. So that's nice. So in August, it uh, the word on the street is that Tom missed out on being Armani's new underwear like ambassador 
because of his relationship with Taylor. Why was that? Because they didn't want the campaign to be about their relationship. Because he was almost so known now for that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, At this point, he finally joins Instagram. He's, you know, and his very first picture is him as Thor in like taylor likes it and says yay or sorry as uh, loki yeah he's in thor as loki so they talk to the media a lot this is what's kind of strange about this relationship is they do a lot of interviews about it talking about it yeah there's an age difference but the fact that they're both big actor like or sorry they're like big names yeah is really big and the fact that they're like talking a lot about it they're being Anyways. like open and not hiding it essentially. yeah and where's my last page Oh no. oh, no. My page just got a little out of water. Yeah, out of water. So in August of 2016, blah, Taylor and Tom have their first fight. That we know of. Yeah. <laughs> it was a major argument that stemmed from the filming schedule for Thor Ragnarok. Um, they couldn't really see each other, okay. which seems to be an issue with all sorts of people. Um and then it's reported that Taylor Swift worried that Tom was not the right fit for her. According to the insider at Daily Mail, Taylor feels super uncomfortable over Tom's desire to be so public with their romance. And so isn't oh, sure. So sh- sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Yes. Because he wanted her to join him on like every single event he could go to. Like so the red carpet. So she's saying he's the one who's actually being like vocal and yeah. more public about it. Well, okay. she's answering the questions, but he's like seeking it out. Got it. So he asked her to go to the Emmys with her. And, like, all of this. So, officially, September 7th, they are over. Um, Both people, both of their publicists released statements. Tom wanted the relationship to be more public than she was comfortable with. Taylor knew the backlash that comes with public displays of affection, but Tom didn't listen to her concerns when she brought them up. So, that was the the statement from her publicist? Yeah. From his, his, yeah, from her publicist, sorry. That's kind of a strange statement. Does that seem strange to you? It is. To claim the reason why the relationship ended up because he wanted it to be more public than she did i think it's kind of an odd thing what, what's weird say, to me about know. it is i don't think that boosted his career his acting boosted his career he was he's a fantastic actor yeah i wonder if he got king kong after the like he's a good because i because i am the type of person like i could see you want your person to be with you at these special events and they just happen to be public because of your career so i yeah my first thought is like, did he just want his person to be with him in their public events and she wasn't comfortable? Or because she's making it sound like he was trying to flaunt her. Yeah. When maybe he just wanted his person with maybe her. Maybe he just flaunted his I don't know girlfriend. why I'm defending Tom all Well, no, I, 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 yeah, I think there's something to be said there, but I just think it was to a point that made her uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I guess both. I feel like, yeah, sometimes I don't want to, if I'm dating somebody, I don't. Like some feel like going out sometimes, but imagine like instead of just like going out to a friend's house, it's going out to the Emmys. Yeah, that's fair. And he's it's just like, interesting Ugh. that they like that's what was stated in the statement. Yeah, that's interesting. okay. So it was kind of a bummer. So later on her album Reputation, there's a song that she, I I don't know why the name of the song isn't here. Taylor Swift fans, help me. <laughs> um, but basically, the song is hinting to the fact that Tom helped her leave the relationship with Calvin. Mm. There's lyrics that said the ties were black, the lies were white. I wanted to leave him. I needed a reason. You were driving the getaway car. We were flying, but never get far. And with the three of us, honey, it's a sideshow and a circus and a love story. And now we're both sorry. Are they are they friends? Um, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. It's a no. Which it's funny. I think the reason why I jumped in all of a sudden defending Tom is that 
to me, that sounded like the most adult of the relationships. Yeah. Where like when all this stuff was going on with Calvin Harris, he wasn't saying anything. But and they did the same shit. Once that kind of blew over, then he said, "Yes, we're dating." Well, yeah. What's funny to me is what Tom was doing in their relationship is what she was doing in her relationship with Calvin. Oh, interesting. But then it was wrong when he did it. Which I mean, no judgment also, to Taylor. True, but it, because we don't know all the details, but to, for her publicist to say she was uncomfortable with the amount of show, like visibility, you have to just assume that it was because you running through all those relationships like that. Out of all those, that sounded like like oh, she's finally like with an adult who's like yeah, I don't know, and yeah. I actually don't have any strong personal feelings toward Tom Hiddleston. I think he's good in the Marvel movies or whatever. But just the way you laid, like out laid it all out, I, yeah. I was hoping that they would stay friends. Yeah, probably not. So then, soon after that, she started dating dating Joe Alwyn. Who? He's an actor. Okay. Um, and they're still together. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So they're seen kind of all the time. Has he been in stuff? Yeah. Just things. He's up and coming. Okay. I mean, um, no shade. Do your thing, dude. So. Yeah, and people say that the song Gorgeous um, is about Joe from the new album. and But yeah, just they're, they're doing good. They're like the same age. They're going strong, been together for two years, and really are not shown in the media very much. Like, you know, they're not like oversaturating it. It's not all this pressure. I think she has learned after those 10 relationships – what do I show? What do I tell? What do I do? Like yeah. all of this, she actually learned something. And I think that's really good that you can learn something from yeah. those, what we say failed relationships, though. She is still friends, I believe with several of the people. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, but that's, that's, that's Taylor Swift. Wow. Can you believe I did it? I, that was a lot to take on. Yeah. I mean, not to say that. I mean, that was a lot to take on just because a lot of her relationships has been public, not that yeah. she's like dated more than she should. Or I thought doing her as an overview with all of them was the best way to give her the time she needed. I think she's gotten kind of the short end of the stick because like in the media, because yeah. she was always young. I don't know. I feel like because she's so public, everyone said she's dating around too much, but people date like I dated more than her. It's just that she's so famous, and then there was all the weird age difference that I think made people uncomfortable or whatever. That's interesting. I think if I learned anything from our two stories this episode, it's that... Ellen is everywhere. (laughs) Ellen is queen. No, uh, I I feel like we're seeing a lot of the same struggles or themes in relationships coming up a lot. It's just harder... When you're in the public eye. Yeah. And like, cause I could see like Ellen and Anne Heche going through this difficult period and that either can bring you together or pull you apart. God. And then, I mean, Taylor Swift is just like one of the most famous people in the world. So how do you. But largely due to the fact of her dating and then writing songs about her breakups. But, but we all would, do that. Or I mean, would that have happened anyway? I, like, I think that you draw from your experiences, songwriters and writers. Hey, we're both writers. Guess what the fuck? The best thing I've ever written is about our breakup. Yeah, true. Literally. <laughs> like, because it was real experience. And I just like realized the same thing. I'm like, oh, why are we giving Taylor shit, Swift shit for doing this when I, I do the same thing? And a lot of writers do the same thing, but we are like, just, yeah, it's fine. Like, but no, but it's just because people are intimidated that a woman 
can have power and influence and be talented and be good at this. And people, men in particular, are so intimidated by that yeah, and have Calvin... to be like, well, God, she's a black widow. If you date her, there's going to be your dirty laundry aired. Like, sorry, but creative people do that. The Calvin Harris stuff was surprising to me. Like, that's a lot. I love that she said, by the way, I wrote those that song, bitch. <laughs> like, that, I'm so proud of Taylor Swift for that because I didn't really understand that when it happened. I knew that was going on, but I didn't know about the pseudonym. I didn't know about just like he said i wrote it and then then they said taylor swift wrote this is what you came for older (laughs) if you're an older gentleman and i'm just saying older in comparison to her age like you're 35 or whatever and you're dating a 19 year old what's your expectation are you expecting that like she's gonna be submissive and fall in line and then you realize she's actually has a lot of power because of her fame i think it I think like, they probably have expecting? the same maturity level. <laughs> Men uh, take a lot longer to be matured than women do. Not saying that a oh, 19 year old can be dating men that much older and like that, that's encouraged. Like, I mean, keep it legal, everybody. I just, but, I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, people meet and fall in love and whatever people do, like do your thing. But I'm just like for John Mayer to be so much older and then criticize her react. I'm like, and then writing a song about her. She's a teenager, and you're criticizing how she's responding to your breakup? Like, she, you're... Yeah, like, you expected the teenager to behave like a 35-year-old. And again, I feel like we should say again that, like, age differences aren't a be-all, end-all. Like, there are ways that it works. And Yeah, so that's her. Well, we've been on a journey. <laughs> Thank you. We've been... That was... Yeah, that was a lot. That I was a can lot of show... To... Aladdin just came out. I'm not gonna see it. Yeah, Disney I, isn't paying me to say that. I don't. They certainly aren't paying you to say you're not gonna see it. <laughs> Any press is good press. Okay, well, thanks everyone. We're gonna go not watch Aladdin. Yeah, so and... we'll see you next time or hear you next. I don't know what it is. Bye. I don't know later. <laughs>